The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show, not show, it's an educational video uh, from yesterday. It's part two in the My War series, and by the way, if you scroll down a little bit further on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, on the right side of the page, there's Equipping the Saints. You can watch the entire My War DVD series. I think it's like six DVDs. Uh, you can watch all those there for free. Just click that on the Equipping the Saints. They're on the right, and that'll be the right side of the page and down, I don't know, three or four little posts or whatever it is that's there. <clears throat> but this is part two, so you can catch that up until three o'clock today, at which... That'll be changed out, or he'll be live. I don't really know. He's in Michigan now, um, so we'll talk about that in just a second. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button. Blow up whatever device you've got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning. Good to see you guys. Good morning, and thank you for your support. And then while you're there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble, and we appreciate that very much. Um, we're also on beforeitsnews.com, top of the page over there, and then back to sonsoflibertymedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Um, yeah, pay no attention to submit your vote here for any of these cats. Oh my goodness. What candidate do you support in the Republican primaries? Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy. If you support any of those guys, if you give your vote to them, you want to talk about a wasted vote, That that's it right there. There it is. Any of those cats. Uh, you can sign up for this email newsletter. It goes out once a day, uh, late afternoon, early evening. All the articles we have at sonsoflibertymedia.com, including the Morning Show Archive. By the way, let me just make a mention of that. This was yesterday's ratifying the original First Amendment. I, I got somebody who came in. I don't know what was going on. They came into the comment section 
And they were like, shame on you, Tim and Bradley, you banned me. But they're commenting. I, I don't, I, I didn't, they said, they made a comment about Chuck Baldwin. I, did you guys see any? I didn't even see anything like that. So they're claiming all this stuff. And uh, I just said, and then they said, and you're talking about the, the First Amendment. And I'm like, did you listen to the show? It wasn't about the First Amendment. It was about the original First Amendment. So, you know, slow your roll a little bit there. <laughs> Back the truck up a little bit. And stop and think about what you're saying and doing. You're able to comment, but you're claiming you're banned? I, I, don't, I don't get it. Because if, if we mute you, and I do mute some people. I mute spammers. I mute people who come in with nasty language. I meet people who will come in and start attacking people if I see it. That's the only people I mute. You can disagree with me. I'm, there's plenty of people who come in who disagree with me. It's, I don't mind that. that I, I consider that sort of a sharpening. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I consider that a, a means of sharpening. Either it's going to correct me or it's going to make me stronger in what I, what I think. Um, so anyway... There that is. I want to highlight just a couple of things. Uh, again, we are you know, promoting Bradley's book, Soldier of the Cross. Yep, I'm going to dump my copy off to him today. Uh, not today. This week. Uh, I'm just finishing up the last couple of pages uh, of the book and, and some things that need to be fixed there. But uh, Soldier of the Cross book is available in the store, $10. Or you can get it in the bundle. It starts at $34.00. That's the book. That's a shirt of your size with the same artwork on it. And the slogan by Peter Muhlenberg on the back. And then the Sons of Liberty tag in black or silver, whichever one you want to do. Okay. And then each of those are available individually. I want to take you over to the schedule. Bradley's already in um, Michigan. And let's see. What's today? Today's like the 5th, right? So uh, he, I guess he's got the day off or whatever, he, whatever he's doing there. So I'm assuming he'll be on the radio this afternoon. Assuming. Tomorrow he'll be in Holly, Holly Meadows Golf Course. He's not there to play golf, though. <laughs> 4855 K-Pac Road. I, I, I guess that's how you say that. K-Pac, Michigan. C-A-P-A-C. K-Pac, Michigan. Uh, Wednesday, December the 6th at 6 to 9. And then on Thursday, Lord willing, the 7th, uh, he and I together are going to be in Caledonia, Michigan. And then on the 8th, that's Friday... Uh, we'll be in Marshall, Michigan. I have never been to either of these places. Um, <laughs> I I am going to have thermal underwear. I'm going to have that because I've been told it's really cold. Um, I'm going to have my jacket, and I'm going to be. I'm not going to be wearing this. I'm going to be wearing my little skull cap because that thing is that thing is perfect. No matter if you're in the summer or in the winter, it's just perfect. I, I, it's just the right amount of thickness, and uh, yeah. So that's what I'll be in. <laughs> then. So I, I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of you, though. I, I really am. A lot of you I've seen in the chat. Some of you have called in. We've spoken on the phone, um, you know, other things like that. And so it's it's really nice to be able to go and, and to meet people. And, uh, and so there have been some people who've made that happen. And from my heart, thank you very much. All right, I'm going to... Um, I want to do a couple of couple of little news items videos uh, before we get in the topic today. But uh, this one I came across the other day. We had a young man on for like four shows a couple of years back. 
I lost all the video on YouTube. It's it's on my Facebook page, but there's so many of them that they pulled, that YouTube pulled from our channel and from my channel. I mean, they crushed two of my channels. I think they crushed two of Sons of Liberty uh, simply because, you know, I was having people, I was having doctors on, licensed doctors, nurses, people who had done the research on exposing what they were doing. And I'm not, you know what? I don't care if you get one viewer or 10 viewers or a bazillion viewers, but we're going to continue. The, the message is going to be the same. It's pointing people back to the God of creation, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's always going to be about doing that. It's going to be pointing them back to the Word of God. And so I ran across this, this video in our Telegram group. This guy was an associate of... Uh, James Elephantus. Now, if you don't know who that is, which I'm sure many of you do, he was the guy, he's the guy who owns the um, Comet Ping Pong Pizza there in D.C. He was at the center of the Pizzagate controversy. And I want to say the guy's name we had on was Sean uh, at the time. And Sean had done, you know, he'd put a bunch of stuff together, videos, images, documents, all this stuff showing exactly what Pizzagate was. Exactly what it was. And there's no question that something was going on there. There's no question. I mean, you have to close your eyes, stick your head in the sand, and plug your ears to not see something nefarious was going on. So, came across this video. And, um... Apologize for what the guy says, but nevertheless... This is this guy speaking out on. Hey guys, it's hold December, on just a second. Let me uh, uh, pull this. Let me pull this up here. Hey guys, it's and uh, Rumble does the same thing that YouTube does. It starts just going on its own. So this is an interview with this guy, and I want you to just hear what the guy has to say because you know this is largely out of the out of the media again, even out of the alternative media. It's like we can never get justice because we're bouncing from one thing to another, one crime to another crime to another crime to another crime to another crime. And we can never get justice because we don't focus on one crime. And maybe I'm guilty. Maybe some of us in the media, whether it's alternative or mockingbird, maybe some of us are guilty for doing that. For that, I apologize. But the. You know, maybe some people can focus on one thing and some people can focus on another. Maybe we can do it that way. If they're going to attack on different angles, like we talked about yesterday, maybe we can do the same thing. Here is this video. Listen. December uh, 17th, it's one something in the afternoon here, and I'm with JB. And JB's talking to us about who? James Alafonte. James Alafonte. Now, now, JB went to St. Albans. Went to St. Albans. From D.C., and he's got Worked a story to tell us. Let's hear it. Restaurant. For Carol Greenwood, yep. remember the day James Alphonas walked in the door and asked for a job. Mm -hmm. Carol's son, 11 years old at the time, a friend of mine caught James butt-fucking this boy in the kitchen. That's, that's what and I'm talking That person, his name is Dylan Greenwood, has since committed suicide, I think it was two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, James is one of the dastardly worst person in the world. Um, and yeah, they do bad things at Comet. There are underground rooms, all that stuff. And you've seen that with your own eyes? I've seen that with my own eyes. So you've been under, below the floor of Comet? Well, it used to be the tie room. The yeah. tie room before Comet? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right by the zoo. 
Uh, it's a little farther down from the zoo. It's well, more in... Uh, not that far. It's anymore. Nebraska. It's on Connecticut Avenue. Nebraska and Connecticut. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, that's a fact. James Alphon is a bad person to this day. And you met him when he was applying for a job or something? He was trying to get the manager job with Carol at that restaurant. How did you get, how did you get so much money? That guy. Probably uh, selling kids and trafficking kids. And you've been below Kama Pizza. Have you seen I've what it looks like? I've seen rooms and I've seen tunnels that go other places, including underground to the other buildings. I think one was owned by like a Clinton Foundation or something across the street. Yeah. But the tunnels go all over there. They say they go all to the White House, but I don't know. I don't know if they go all the way to the White House, but that area in and of itself, if they go a mile in that area in any direction they're hitting some spots okay man thanks for the information yep it's nice to see you that's what you can do hope you can post it i will okay all right i apologize for the language for those who are tuning in but 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 the fact of the matter is though the language there is whatever it is the results of that are the exposing of the evil that's going on and i know the mockingbird media and some of the alternative media want you to think nothing's going on there. You and I, we know it. It, it is, I, 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 don't, I don't know, I don't even know how to, how to say this. When you put all of the information together of what was going on there, when you start looking at what's going on in the basement, when you start looking at what's going on even behind the scenes of that place and the people who are patrons of that place, I don't know how you can come to any other conclusion than what this guy just said. I just, I don't know how you can come to that conclusion. Um, there's another one, and this is a story that continues going, and I, I'm telling you, if you are a person who does not believe the Bible, you know, uh, I, I, I think I can deal with the people who claim that they're atheist or agnostic because I've dealt with them before. And I hold to the foundation that Romans 1 tells me that all men knows, know there's a God. They just don't want to honor him as that. Now, we start with that, and I think that's what Paul did on Mars Hill when he spoke to the people that he spoke to. He spoke to them different than he spoke to the Jews. Okay, With the Jews, he always went directly to the Scripture, didn't he? Remember that? He would always go and he would... They would go back, and, and not only him, but Stephen would do it. <clears throat> the other apostles would do it. They would go back, and they would confirm the Word of God. And how did they do that? They didn't have the New Testament then. All they had was what we called the Old Testament. And they pointed back to the Old Testament as justification for the coming of Christ and the work of Christ. That's what they did. What we've got going on here, and I need to pull this other up here. Sorry, just a second. Um, so they, they went and they pointed back to Christ. They pointed back in the scriptures. But Paul, when he went to Mars Hill, what did he do? He started because he saw they were very religious. That's what he said. I see you're very religious. He didn't go in to offend them. He wasn't an equal opportunity offender. That wasn't what he went in to do. Now, he knew the gospel would offend. He understood that. But that was not his intention. His intention was to draw people to Christ, not push them away. So when he went in, what did he start with? The very thing that has been under attack in this country for decades, the existence of God. 
He went straight to the issue of the Creator, and he began to speak about Him, this God that they had, they had made this altar to in case they had forgot one of the gods, right? That was their thinking. They're, they're like, okay, this is for you. I don't know what that does. How does that, if, you, if, if, if their pantheon of gods is true, how does that make this God feel any better than the others? At least they got their names on something and some images, right? But anyway, they were religious in that measure. And Paul called them out on it, and he started going back to the creation, the one who made all things. Who is who? I talked with some Jehovah's Witness ladies yesterday. They came to my door. Very nice ladies. Um, shared with me a scripture verse. They didn't tell me. Oh, uh, they've got different tactics now, i got to tell you. They don't tell you they're from the Kingdom Hall. They don't tell you. They don't have the watchtower in their hands, or at least they didn't have them there, and they didn't offer me any. Um, and she read from me from Psalm 37. I was... I said, totally agree with that. And I said, do you mind if I ask where you're from? And she goes, well, we're Jehovah's Witnesses. I said, I, I, I thought that's probably what you were. And we engaged in a conversation. And I said, you know, um, I appreciate you sharing those scripture verses. The word of God's powerful and all of this other. But I said, because you hold a false doctrine and because uh, you are those who are promoting what the Bible says is antichrist i said i can't embrace that nor can i wish you you know godspeed as you're doing it i said lest i take part in your evils and i said go and read first and second john and i said and john is the one who defines out for us that the lord jesus christ is the god of creation john 1 1 he was with god and he was god and the word that 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 person who was god was made flesh that comes later on in John chapter 1. And I explained that to them, and I said, ladies, I said, I said, you're engaged with an antichrist doctrine. And I said, you know, I'm not trying to be offensive, but I said, you really need to be, you, you really need to repent. And I said, I can bring you in. I can show you photocopies of your Watchtower magazine where you have false prophets in your midst. And I said, I know you know the prophets who tell you something's going to come to pass, and it does, but they lead you after a God you have not known. And I know those who tell you something's going to come to pass and it doesn't come to pass and you have a rock party with them, right? And they just kind of did this. I said, that's who your forefathers are in Jehovah's Witnesses. And I said, you know, my duty here is just to call you to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and forsake this stuff that you're in and do that. Um, you know, they left and everything. I was glad we had the conversation, but but that was a part of of what went on, and I think Paul does the same. Now, with that said, there was also this story out. <laughs> Again, I, I don't know what it's going to come to. We're going to talk about some of this in Michigan um, because I, I really do believe this is what um, you know the Lord has on my heart. And and I'm going to tell you, I, listen, hear hear what I'm saying. I believe it's I believe what I'm getting. Is, is for me. When I share it with you, hopefully there's some men out there that it resonates with too. But this issue of men and the militia, standing up and doing what we're supposed to do, that's really, I mean, that's really in my thoughts a lot. A whole lot. And uh, so that's what I'm going to be sharing in Michigan, Lord willing. This is out of Arizona. And um, it's not just illegals coming over anymore. Check this out. 
wall or barriers along the southern border is welcome news to some in the southwest as efforts to capture human smugglers are spilling into quiet neighborhoods unaccustomed to blaring sirens and people arrested on the curb. Border correspondent Ali Bradley has details on the sometimes complicated arrests. Are you taking a picture? I am. I'm taking a picture <laughs> of Mr. Carlos. How are you? Good. Good. You know, just to show you, like, they're out here yeah. every day. Three times in five days, human smuggling pursuits ending in this quiet Cochise County neighborhood. There's five individuals jumping his fence, running straight across the neighborhood. It's bricked. It's all fenced in. Yeah. And they just hopped it like it was nothing. I went inside, locked all the doors. I had, one of my kids was inside. And they literally were kneeling down right there when I came face to face with them. <laughs> that was pretty scary. The driver and passenger from Texas and Alabama were actually nabbed by Sheriff Daniels, who followed after they hopped the fence into another backyard. They're also charged for criminal trespass. When you go on somebody's property and you're hiding in their backyard without permission, uh, the homeowner chose to charge them, who happens to be a law enforcement officer, works at the sheriff's office. That officer, Deputy Andrew Marshall, a pursuit ending in his neighborhood while we were talking at National Night Out. We just had one end up in your neighborhood about a half hour ago. Yep, while you were Deputy Marshall says it's unsettling, leaving his wife and two-year-old daughter at home alone. She was not very safe in her own home last night, and she didn't want me to leave. And so it sucks being on this side. Now, these smuggling drivers are typically going to stay on highways like this because they want out of this nearly 6,300-square-mile county as quickly as possible because they just picked up a group of undocumented individuals who crossed the border illegally. It's not families seeking asylum. It's not. It's individuals more than likely have something to, to hide. But lately, they're speeding through these communities under the impression that law enforcement won't pursue them. They know that if we're putting more people at in danger, we're not going to chase them. We're going to stop and they're going to get away. They are making arrests more than one a day. Sheriff Daniel says they've arrested more than 400 people for smuggling in less than a year. And his community is certainly feeling it. It's all about their quality of life that they feel is being fractured as a result of this border not being secured. And the community's feeling it and the sheriff is feeling it. He says he's had at least five deputies hurt in just the last week, Nicole. And that is why he says he's increasing the operational tempo, bringing down resources to Cochise County that they've never seen before. Hmm. So so this 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 coincides with the warnings. I know that that. You know, Bradley's been doing long before I was on the scene with Sons of Liberty and that, that I've given as well. And then I'm sure many other people uh, who have been faithful witnesses of these things have given the people. And they've said, oh, you you don't put a stop to But the people are so driven by their political sports entertainment. That's what they're driven by. And I, you know what? I am thrilled to no end to see people. Some people have sent me some videos over the past week or two. And I've seen people leaving the Q movement, leaving the Donald Trump idolatry movement, you know, leading, leaving the Israel First movement and all this other stuff. And they're starting to say, you know what? We've got to do something. It's, the voting issue is not working. It's not solving the problem. And it never will, by the way. Never will. Good men will solve the problem. <laughs> Good men will solve the problem. And I'm going to tell you, it's good in a different way than many of you think.
It's a kind of goodness that's tough on evil. Um, I listened the other day, and someone was talking about really bringing justice to people and how, you know, some of the things that we read about. I, I read to you about Thomas Granger, the the guy there in uh, in the Plymouth colony that they set up. When they caught him for buggery, I mean, they killed him and the animals. And they didn't wait two decades to do it. And so what, the things that we're dealing with here, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be like that. that there, there's some things coming that's going to be like that. You might as well prepare yourself. Because there's no getting out of this issue that we're in, this mess, and it is a mess, and it's because of the judgment of God on a disobedient people. And we have guys like this. For instance, we've got... We've got this this guy here. I don't even want to call him a gentleman. Uh, we've got this guy in the People's White House, okay? And um, this is him in 1974. 1974. This is Joe Biden, and I want you to pay attention to, to what he says. You probably many of you, you're, you're smart cookies out there. You probably know have heard this or whatever. But for those who haven't. Just want to remind you what he said here. See that, that your service in the Senate up to this point has, has not reflected any particular concern for the larger contributors. Well, the fortunate thing is I didn't have many larger contributors. And the only reason, see, I went to the big guys for the money. I was ready to prostitute myself in the, man, in the manner in which I talk about it. But what happened was they said, come back when you're 40, son. And so I had to go out. And this is the crowd. Look at those haircuts. Yeah, isn't it funny to look back to the 70s? Look at these people. These are the people clapping and applauding and laughing at what he just said. He told you he was ready to prostitute himself <laughs> to the big guys. Well, he prostituted himself. There's no question about that. And now you're seeing the final stages of that reward. The man doesn't even know what room he's in. He doesn't know he's around. Still can target children for his sniffing, the sniffer-in-chief. What does it do if a man gains the whole world and loses his own soul. The man doesn't even know where he is. Doesn't even know what he's doing. And the people that support him, you heard them, they're laughing at his, at his corruption. They're applauding his corruption. That's what they're doing. There's a warning there. This one is... Um, now, I'm told this is from 1974... I'm thinking back, 1974, my dad had one of those 8mm cameras. You guys ever had that? I, st I got it in my closet. 8mm camera, you, you got the tape, you know, the two tapes you put on, the reels, and you'd project it, don't have any sound, but it, you'd project it. And it seemed like that had color then. So I, I, this may have been earlier there, but 
I was told that this is 1974, and this is also, I think that, that Joe was given a little warning about himself to the people, and the people didn't heed it as to who and what he is, and they should have got rid of him a long time ago, the people of Delaware. Just like the people of South Carolina should be getting rid of Lindsey Graham, but they keep bringing that traitor on. This is um, Robert Welch, the founder of the John Burt Society. And I want you to listen to the warning that he has for the United States. That plan, of course, is to induce the gradual surrender of American sovereignty, piece by piece and step by step, to various international organizations of which the United Nations is the outstanding but far from the only example. Now here are the aims for the United States. One, greatly expanded government spending for every conceivable means of getting rid of ever larger sums of American money. Say it in so, as Bob. As wastefully as possible. Two, higher and then much higher taxes. Three, an increasingly unbalanced budget, despite the higher taxes. Four, wild inflation of our currency. Five, government controls of prices, wages, and materials supposedly to combat inflation. Six, greatly increased socialistic controls over every operation of our economy and every activity of our daily lives. This is to be accompanied naturally and automatically by a correspondingly huge increase in the size of our bureaucracy and in both the cost and reach of our domestic government. Seven, far more centralization of power in Washington and the practical elimination of our state lines. There is a many-faceted drive at work to have our state lines eventually mean no more within the nation than our county lines do now within the states. Eight, the steady advance of federal aid to and control over our educational system, leading to complete federalization of our public education. Nine, a constant hammering into the American consciousness of the horror of modern warfare the beauties and the absolute necessity of peace. Peace always on communist terms, of course. And ten, the consequent willingness of the American people to allow the steps of appeasement by our government which amount to a piecemeal surrender of the rest of the free world and of the United States itself. All right, so you hear what he's saying. <laughs> All those things are going on. All those things are going. The John Bird Society are not a bunch of tin foil hat people. They take the communists, the Marxist Leninists, as G. Edward Griffin refers to them, they take them at their word as to what they say they want to do. And they're doing it. And so far, the American people are all about just sometimes a little temper tantrum for the most part. Now, there are some in this audience, I know some of you are actually doing things on your local level. You're actually doing what the John Burr Society suggests and fighting back there. How are they doing? How are they going to do this? How are, you know, how are they? Well, they brought it about slowly through entertainment, 
through education, um, through a number of things that they've been they've been doing. Indoctrination, obviously, is is one of the main keys. Listen, all of the education that happens in the public indoctrination centers you call public schools happens apart from God. It happens apart from God. I, I've got several passages of Scripture I want to read, but I, I want to play this last one. This Let's jump up to 2008. Now let's deal with the guys who are sort of front and center, the Dr. Evils and the, you know, they're sort, they're sort of the stooges for the real power behind everything going on, okay? Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab. Let's, let's take a listen to these jokers because we're warned of these things. They're coming, and these guys have a hand in doing it in being useful idiots, and I'm, I'm going to say they're useful idiots. They're not the, they're not the top dog either. Uh, useful idiots in all of this stuff that's going on. So let me uh, let me play this little short little clip, and then we're going to get into some scripture on this. Well, um, now uh, you are doing yourself this transition into a new function, and um, you leave behind um, a legacy of having transformed the world uh, into a I would say information society. Um, now, if you look forward and um, at your next career step, career may be not the right word here, but uh, at, your, at your next life phase, um, uh, what, what would you like to see as your legacy in 10, 15 years? Uh, of the new work? Of the new work, yeah. If your new function. Well, I, I set very ambitious goals because I'm quite optimistic. If you look at, say, the, the 20 diseases uh, that our global health program goes after, I hope that within 15 years, over half of those, we could have had a very dramatic impact. Uh, some of them will prove to be harder than others. For example, AIDS, uh, we will have made an improvement, but not the dramatic improvement probably in that time frame. Malaria, perhaps, and a number of the other ones uh, we have things in the pipeline. So, you know, huge change in the uh, mortality rates in developing countries, which then has this effect of reducing population growth. That's the, this big benefit that then makes everything like education and nutrition a lot easier. So I, what? I have very high expectations there. And we actually use these dashboards internally at the foundation to make everything be quite numeric. You know, we're trying to be rigorous about that and even share those so that people can see, oh, you fell short of uh, what you had in mind, and then we get to explain if we have any lessons that might uh, be learnable from other foundations. So I think there's some things about uh, how we go about things that I hope uh, those learnings can have an impact. There's the specific work in, in the different divisions, health, development, and the U.S. education work. Uh, that in 15 years, boy, we, uh, you know, by then we will have spent a lot of money. Three billion a year, 15 years, that uh, adds up. Uh, and for that, uh, people should have a very high expectation of, of what we can do. Thank you, Bill, for having brought uh, to us this evening a very enlightened... Very Thank you, Bill, for bringing us the thing here, bring the Kibalsa. We will get, conquer the world. Uh, you know, you, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, if this doesn't look like a, um, a scene out of a movie with these guys, I, 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 I just don't know what to say. That's what, that's what it reminds me of. 
you know, here's your Dr. Evil, you know, his sidekick, Bill Gates. And so what's the positive aspect of this? We're, we're hearing these things. Look, and I can go on and on and on with, uh, you know, the communist goals to take down America. I could go on with <clears throat> a number of things that men have put in place. We could talk about the various conspiracy theories that are documented, such as Operation Northwoods, and we could go back and talk about Oklahoma City bombing. We can go back and talk about 9-11. We can talk about the anthrax attacks, all this kind of stuff, the shots, the swine flu, the convids, all this stuff. All this stuff is leading up, is, is, a, is a part of, they're, they're all a part of judgment. There's a spiritual context to what we're seeing going on. And this is what most of your conservative Christian constitution. I mean, sadly, it, it, that is the case. Christian, you know, even um, you know, reporters often miss is this is the judgment of God. They keep saying judgment's coming. Ju no, friends, it's here. It's here. This is what it looks like. But you're so desensitized to the sin that's in you and surrounds you. That you forget this is judgment. This is judgment. Read Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. The terror, I'll appoint terror over you. Leviticus 26, we read that the other week. That's part of what we're seeing with this coming through the neighborhoods. People don't want to leave their homes. What? What do you have a set? Hey, Arizonans, why do you have a Second Amendment? So you don't, you're not supposed to be afraid. You're supposed to be the ones who deal with the lawbreakers. That's what you're supposed to be. When are the men going to get it? Men. God's given you the authority. He's given it to you. 1 Corinthians 11. Genesis chapter 1. Article 1, section 8, clause 15 and 16. He's given that authority to you. And this is why, man, it, it weighs heavy on, on my own head. Because I am a man. I know I'm a man. I'm, I don't think I'm a woman. <laughs> I don't think I'm a, a cat or a dog. Okay? But let's look at how these kinds of things were confronted. I want to go to Joshua chapter 1 first. We're going to read the chapter here. And I want you to listen to what happens here. Because again, I could go through Joshua and all of the Zionists uh, who are listening, all the Israel first because they're the chosen people of God, blah, 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 all this nonsense. And it is nonsense, okay? You need to understand that Joshua wrote confirming that God confirmed all the covenant, all the promises of the covenant that he made with Abraham and with the fathers, he confirmed that in giving them all the land that they had. That's in the book of Joshua. But they didn't keep his covenant. Does that make God any less faithful in keeping that covenant? Nope. And he said, what about it? If they didn't keep it, he would utterly destroy them. Utterly destroy them. That's what God said, not what I said. That's not my interpretation. That's what he said. And here's what we read in Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. For the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast." There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Boy, how would you like to have a promise like that from the Lord? I'm giving you all this land, Joshua. Ain't gonna be able to man ain't gonna be a man in the land to stand in your face. Hmm. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. That's a great promise too. Joshua had already seen how God had worked through Moses. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. And, and if you get nothing today, friend, listen, if you are my brother or sister in Christ, if you're outside of Christ, I've got a message for you, and that's to repent, turn from your sin, and put your faith in Christ and bow your knee to King Jesus. But if you are my brother and sister, I want you to take notice of that. Be strong and of a good courage. You know, we need encouragement today like no other time. Things are bad. Everybody can point out the bad. Where's the encouraging factor to go and charge the gates of hell? I, I just, where's that at? Take great confidence. God is with you. Is he not? I think that's a great word of encouragement here out of Joshua. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do all or to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. What, how, how is Joshua to conquer? How is he to receive the inheritance of the land? How is he to, you know, uh, really see the favor of God in the natural that God promises in the spiritual? Well, he's to keep the law. He's, he's to be that one who is upright, who is righteous, who upholds the righteousness of God. And listen, every preacher who's worth his salt is going to uphold the righteousness of God. And how does he do that? By holding up the law. That's all I have to, that's all I have to hold up is the law. And the law shows us the righteousness of God. Okay? But it does not save us. It's enough to condemn us. The law does not save. It condemns. Just like in the system we're in, the law condemns. It does not rescue you. It condemns you. Even their frivolous man-made laws, they condemn you, don't they? Just like the Pharisees. They made up laws to condemn people so that they made themselves look better. That wasn't the issue. We hold to the law of God. His moral law found in the Ten Commandments and expounded in places like Deuteronomy. We hold to his law. We hold it up. Why? Because Jesus is a savior of sinners. And what are sinners? They're lawbreakers. That's what John says in 1 John. They are those who transgress the law. 
I have no gospel for people who are not sinners, of which there are no people on the earth who are not. I have no gospel for you if you're not a sinner. This is why Jesus had to come and to give himself as a ransom for sinners. He says, Have not I commanded thee? Verse 9. Be strong and of a good courage. He's already said this. This is the third time he's said this. Be not afraid. Joshua I, want to, uh, Joshua, I want you to get this in your head. I'm with you. There's no need for you to fear the enemy at all. And you know what? I, God knows best. He knows what Joshua needs. But we've already seen Joshua's integrity. He was the one who came with Caleb and said, Giants are a piece of cake, man. God's given us this land. This is what we're going to take. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whitherso thou goest. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, I mean, he took what God gave him, and he passed it on to faithful men, just like we're told to do with elders in the New Testament. Joshua was doing it with these guys. Commanding the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go into the and to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which, jo which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest, and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on the side of Jordan, but ye shall pass before your brethren armed. Hmm. All the mighty men of valor, and help them. Oh, Tim, that sounds very unchristian. We're supposed to be, you know, we, we don't need guns. We don't need uh, arm. What? You've got wicked men you have to deal with. Until the Lord hath given your brethren rest, as he hath given you, and they have also possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them, then ye shall return into the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side Jordan toward the sun rising. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we have hearkened unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee, as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong. And of a good courage. He finishes out with that. Listen, God is one who encourages and edifies and comforts. And that's the old word. There was, an, there was a picture years ago that I saw, and it was of a king. I forget the, guy, the king's name. Some of you may have seen the picture. But he is on his horse, and there's a couple of his soldiers running in front, like alongside his horse. And he's got his sword, and he's taking the flat of the sword, and he's pushing them in the back. And the title was, This King's Name Comforts His Soldiers. <laughs> and I just, I thought when I saw it, I kind of I kind of chuckled at it. And I thought, that doesn't look too comforting. But that's because the word meant something different than it does today. You know, we think of comfort, we think of consoling and hugging and sitting with somebody, crying with somebody when they cry, rejoicing when they rejoice, all this kind of stuff. But this was to spur them on. This was to push them forward. Now, that was the command to Joshua. What, 
What was the downfall there? Some might say it was Achan taking the wedge of gold and the Babylonian garment and all this other stuff. I don't think so, because Joshua and the people did what they were supposed to do. They found out who the guy was, and they put him to death. Because he cost the lives of more than 60 people by his sin, doing what God said to do. He took it from Jericho, which was to be left all to the Lord. It was sort of a sacrifice to the Lord. He was to leave all of that, and he took it anyway. No, it wasn't that. The downfall came in chapter 9. Listen to this. And I, I think we can relate this back to our history, okay? L- let, me make this, let me make this so you're, you're, hopefully your thoughts are going with me. We had great and precious promises when our forefathers came over from England, from Scotland, and established what we know as the United States. They established colonies, they established states, and then eventually it became the United States. But when they came, many of them, not I'm not saying every single one of them, but many of them were devout Christians. Not in secret, they were very public about it. They set their government up based upon the Word of God. They had those things in play. And then later on, their children began to be seduced. Okay? So, Joshua chapter 9, here's where we see the downfall. Joshua's set forward, don't turn to the right or left, keep what I've got, be strong and of good courage, and be, be strong and uh, courageous. And here's what we see here. And it came to pass when all the kings were, which were on this side, Jordan, in the hills and in the valleys and in all the coasts of the great sea over against Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, and the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite heard thereof that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard that Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work willily like that word, willily, and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles, old and rent and bound up, and old shoes and clouded upon their feet, and old garments upon them, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua. So they're going in deception. Does this sound familiar to anybody? They're going with deceptive intentions to save their own skin. And they went unto Joshua, unto the camp at Gilgal, and said unto him, And to the men of Israel, We be come from a far country. Now therefore, make ye a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye, and from whence come ye? And they said unto him, from a very far country. (laughs) Thy servants are come because of the name of the Lord thy God. And they knew who it was. Look at that. That's capital Lord. That's Yahweh. The name of Yahweh thy God. They know his name. Hmm. Wish the people of the United States would know the name of Yahweh. For we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon king of Heshbon and to Og king of Bashan, which was at Ashtaroth. 
Wherefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take victuals with you for the journey, and go to meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants, therefore now make ye a league with us. See, they've got these foreigners coming in, wanting to save their own necks, and they want them to enter into a covenant with them, which the Lord forbid them to do. Okay? But the, but the Israelites think they're not a part of the land that they're going in to take over. This our bread we took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you, but now, behold, it is dry and is moldy. And these bottles of wine which are filled were new, and behold, they be rent. And these are garments, and our shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey. And the men took their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them and let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. And it came to pass at the end of three days after they had made a league with them, they made a covenant with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors. Hmm. They didn't do their due diligence to find out about these people, and that cost them greatly. And they that dwelt among them. And the children of Israel journeyed and came into their cities on the third day. And their cities were Gibeon, Shepharah, and Beroth, and Kirjath-Jerim. And the children of Israel smote them not. They honored their word, okay, because the princes of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. And all the congregation murmured against the princes, but all the princes said unto all the congregation, We have sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. They took that word serious. Even though they shouldn't have done it, they did take their covenant serious. So they found another way around it. This we will do to them. We will even let them live, lest wrath be upon us, because they, they knew that God saw what they did. Because of the oath which we swear unto them. See that? God pays attention to what you say. This is why it's a ser- I'm going to tell you, it's why it's a serious thing to draw somebody in to an oath. Jesus says, don't take them. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Either you're, you have integrity or you don't. When you make these oaths, you better keep them. Why? Because God will hold you accountable to your words. He's going to hold all these politicians to their oaths. He's going to, one way or the other. And Joshua and the people of Israel knew this. Now, I'm going to hang over just a little bit, so if you want to pick up on this, I've got a couple of, I want to finish reading this and a couple more passages here. So if you want to pick that up, sonsoflibertymedia.com, beforeitsnews.com, or Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And then, Lord willing, I'm going to be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. bright and early. Don't miss Bradley at 3. Talk to you then. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio, and uh, I want to get right back to this because I-, I want you to see there's a place where God leads and He directs, and if you're seeing with me, you can see in history where He He established us, and then there's there's this real, really strong Christian heritage that's established, and over the centuries since then, and we're talking four or five hundred years, it's been watered down. That covenant has been watered down. Okay? Look at this. And the princes said unto them, Let them live, 
But let them be hewers of wood and drawers of water unto all the congregation, as the princes had promised them. And Joshua called for them, and he spake unto them, saying, Wherefore have ye beguiled us, saying, We are very far from you when ye dwell among us? Now therefore ye are cursed, and there shall none of you be freed from being bondmen. They, they, they escaped with their lives, right? But they ended up being slaves, these people, these Gibeonites. You'll be, uh, you will be, uh, excuse me, none of you will be freed from being bondmen and hewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God. Mm. You may not be the people of God, but you're going to do it for the God we serve. And they answered Joshua and said, Because it was certainly told thy servants how that the Lord thy God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore, we were sore afraid of our lives because of you and have done this thing. And now, behold, we are in thine hand, as it seemeth good and right unto thee to do unto us do. These are people that know their slaves. (laughs) They just willingly just submit to that slavery, don't they? And so did he unto them, and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel, that they slew them not. And Joshua made them that day hewers of wood and drawers of water for the congregation, and for the altar of the Lord, even unto this day, in the place which he should choose. So Joshua was a warrior. He obviously was going into the land, just like God had said. The people were deceived, made a covenant with people they shouldn't have made a covenant with, and now Joshua has to deal with it. And this is the best he can do with it, because he can't kill them. They've given them their word. He knows God sees in all things. All things are done before the face of God. And so he devises this plan. We'll make them, we'll make them slaves. They'll do some of the work that we would, have norm- we would have had to do in the service of God. We'll have them do that. Oh, Tim, that's slavery. Yeah, you know what? The Bible speaks about slavery. It speaks about proper actions towards slaves, too. Both in the Old and the New Testament. If you don't believe that, read the book of Philemon. That one's very clear. It's a letter to a slave owner regarding a slave. And Paul didn't question whether or not the slave owed the master his service, but he asked the master to free him from his slavery so he could help him in his ministry. Nevertheless, it's there. Go and read the Old Testament, how slaves were to be treated. They weren't to be treated cruelly, whether they were a foreign slave or whether they were an indentured slave of a guy who putting himself in that situation to work off his debt. He was not to be treated as though he was less than the, the guy he was serving. It wasn't to be done like that. In fact, some slavery, especially among foreigners, was used to teach them the law of God so that they could be a free man, so they could be released. You know, they had that too. They reviewed Jubilee, right? They released the people, and every seven years they released the people and shut down the debts and all this kind of stuff. But they had to get people equipped to live in that society. So they had to teach them. So what are the people of God to do? Well, we're not to be like the children of Ephraim. They were armed. They were carrying bows. And they still turned back in the day of battle. 
were not to be like them. They didn't keep the covenant of God. They didn't walk in His law. They forgot His works. This is what the, this is what the children of Ephraim did. They were forgetters and they were cowards. And that usually goes hand in hand, doesn't it? If you don't know who you are, if you don't know where you come from, what's the point in losing your life over something? Right? You, you really have nothing. I think that's why a lot of young people are just completely lost today. They don't see their purpose in life because they haven't been taught it. Their purpose is to glorify the God who made them and to enjoy that God. And that God is the God of Scripture. They, they have all kinds of energy to do some of the most terrible things. I know because I was one of them. And it's because they don't have a purpose for their life. Their life is making money or it's getting pleasure or it's getting fame or money, whatever the case may be. That, that's, their, that's what they see their purpose is. When you step back and you sit back, maybe some of you were like I was. You had maybe certain things that you thought was your purpose in life. And you sit back now and you go, gosh, that's pretty trivial and pretty small. I mean, when you think about your life, the years that you live, what you've given them to, instead of doing what Ecclesiastes says is remember the Creator in the days of your youth, you're squandering it. You're squandering that energy and that vitality that you have in, in, in your younger years to obey the Creator and to honor Him and to really see the fruit of that. It's not just that. We're called to be those today who are to engage in warfare. We are. We're going to see that in just a minute. Ephesians 6, we're going to read that in just a moment. We're, to, we're called to engage, but the Christian's warfare is different than the world's. And I, I've tried to make this distinction before. I am all for owning guns and hand grenades and bazookas and tanks and whatever you want to own, okay? As long as, you're, long as you um, are abiding by the moral law of God and not using those things to harm others, knock yourself out. We, we need guys like that. But David wrote about it. And obviously he wrote from the carnal side, and I think there's a carnal side to doing war and defense. There's, I, I, think we, I don't think we stand by and just let people slaughter us. I, I, I don't get that. Now, if you're in a situation, and we, we've seen many people around the world who are unarmed, but what are they going to do? What are they really going to be able to do if they're outnumbered and things? They're not. Here in America, we're crazily armed. Every month sets a new record for gun sales. Right? The people are crazily armed. I don't know if they're well trained, but they're, they are armed. <laughs> we need the people to come together, though. And that is something I'm going to be speaking on in Michigan, Lord willing, uh, on Friday. We, we need the people coming together. You know, you... The scriptures are not about lone ranger Christians. It's about a church. It's about 
It's about a body. It's about a group of people, like-minded, under the same king. That's what it's about. It's not about just you out there, you and Jesus. It's about a group of people. And so with that said, I want to go over into Psalm chapter 144, and I want to bring what David talks about when he's talking about the Lord teaching him these kinds of things. He said, A Psalm of David, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Remember, uh, the Lord is a man of war. He's called a man of war in the Scripture. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him? Hmm. But he does. In fact, he takes so much account that he would send his own son to die on behalf of those very men that the psalmist writes. But notice what he says. You teach my hands to war, you and my fingers to fight. You are my fortress. Not the walls of Jerusalem, right? You're my high tower. Not the thing I'm living in up here above the city. You are my deliverer. Not the sword, but you, O Lord. Notice what he's saying here. My shield and he in whom I trust. That's the glory that the psalmist gives to the Lord. And then echoing off of that, we come to the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 6. And again, I, I want this to be edifying. You know, I was praying with my son this morning, and, um, you know, one of the things that, that often comes to mind in, in praying for him is that God, you know, guard his tongue from idle speech and let what comes forth be edifying to the hearer. Okay, and um, that that's that's one thing that you know I desire for myself that it would that what I say would be edifying the hearer. And what we see when we go over into Ephesians chapter six, you know, I was going to go down here just to the the armor of God, but I I can't help but see all this other that goes in place of the things that we're talking about. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? It's right. It's the right thing to do. This is right. Obey them in the Lord. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. I don't know how many parents are, have their kids listen to the show or whatever, but if your children are listen, listen. If you want to live a long life, this is a promise from God. Look at what it says. Is that not his promise? It's the first commandment with promise. He promised they would live long in the land the Lord their God was giving them. Now he just says, thou mayest live long on the earth. Why? Because God's given his people the earth, not a postage stamp piece of land in the Middle East. Hello? And you fathers, term is parenthas, it's... um. Can imply mothers, but it's used to speak of fathers. Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as man-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. And remember, he's already dealt with husband and wife in chapter 5. So now he picks up children. Now he picks up uh, the, the fathers teaching the children. He picks up the servant-master relationship. In our society, it might be you know, employer-employee or whatever. And he teaches them how they're, they're engaged in this battle. It's simply by living unto the Lord. Okay? Living unto the Lord, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord, not to men. See that? That's what I'm talking about. Half of our battle is simply living our lives for the glory of God. Doing the things that we're supposed to do. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. If you're a slave or a free man, whatever you do, God's watching it, and you're going to get your reward from Him. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. These are the things that we're talking about, about what we heard from Robert Welsh, the things that are coming in. We've got to stand against those things. These things that, that Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab are talking about, we've got to stand against that. The, pro, the political prostitutes like Joe Biden and others, we have to stand against those things. And we have to stand against the things that are attacking, that are directly attacking us that doesn't even have a face. Our own flesh, our own temptations. James chapter 1. Let me just throw this in. Do you know, <clears throat> you don't even need the devil to help you sin, nor demons or any of that other. You, you don't. Your own flesh will drive you into that. Read James chapter 1. Man's enticed by his own lusts. And when it's fully formed and it gives birth, what is it? Death. Because man submits, submits himself to his own lust, he sins, and he continues to sin. And what does that lead to? Death. Death. No, the devil didn't make you do it. You went right along just fine all by yourself. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, I know Bill Gates and, and Klaus Schwab seem like they're the real enemy, but they're just the face of the enemy. The real enemy's behind them. And in some places, it seems, inside them. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, 
that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. I, you know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate there are people who have sent notes and texts and say, we're praying for you. It's very encouraging. Those are very encouraging words. It, they may not seem much to somebody to tell you that. But if it's genuine, and they're really doing that, they're praying with you, not for you. They're praying with you. It's very encouraging to hear. With all the warnings that have been, that have been going on, don't you think it's time that the voice of the redeemed is heard? You know, the scripture says, let the voice, let, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So, listen to me. <laughs> it's time our voices were heard in the arena. We've been largely shut out of that arena. You and me. I'm not talking about the Sons of Liberty here. I'm talking about you and me. We've been shut out of that arena. No longer do they want to hear, and this is dangerous too, by the way. They don't want to hear what we have to say. Why? Because it is light that is cast on their dark consciences that calls them to repent, not to stay in their sin. Whether it's a depopulation agenda, whether it's abusing little children, whether it's pulling power and control, stealing from you, throwing you in jail, whatever the case may be, we are called to stand to expose them and to stand against them and to point them to the only one who can change their ways. That's it. Isn't that what Paul did with the Grippas and that did what he did with all of the people that he spoke to? He confronted them with their history. He confronted them with their departure from God's ways and he called them to repent. That's the gospel message. Pointing to Christ that he has paid for their sin, that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. As S.M. Lockridge was saying in the pre-show stuff we were playing. He is the king. There is no other king. All others are imposters. We have one king. It's Jesus. And it is our duty as his ambassadors. We read that a little bit ago. Actually, Paul says it in the next verse, for which I am an ambassador. We are ambassadors to other men on behalf of Christ calling them to be reconciled back to the Father through Christ. That's what our duty is. A lot of warnings been given. A lot of things that we see right in front of us that's going on from those warnings 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago. Some of them 3,500 years ago, Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Isn't it time that 
the people of God repent, and that the world hear the Word of God? Yep, I think it is. I think it is. Bradley, be with you at 3 o'clock Eastern, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and then, Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, bright and early, 6 a.m. Talk to you then.